Hey there, it's me, Miss Cadaver. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take the time to address a challenging topic that's been on my mind since mid-June. It brings me extreme sadness and disbelief to say that during the month of June, my family and I have fallen upon devastating times that have made it extremely hard to keep creating content and be active online. On Juneteenth, my husband received the devastating news that his father had passed away after unexpectedly suffering three heart attacks in the same day. After an untimely passing the day after Father's Day, I found myself beside myself as to what to do, but instead of going offline for a while, I wanted to take this time to emphasize the importance of heart health and exercise in our everyday lives. Losing our loved ones to heart complications is an unbearable pain that nobody should have to go through. However, one in five deaths every day is related to heart complications. The best thing we can do to preserve our own health is balance our diets, drink water, and exercise. The best thing we can do to preserve the health of those who we cherish is to support positive lifestyle changes they want to make and encourage healthy eating and exercise. Things can change on a dime like it has for us recently. And of course, while we can't control everything, it's important for us to take control of the things we can help in our lives just to make things easier on us and those we love as we get older. In honor of his love for the podcast and unwavering support of the show, I wanted to partner with the American Heart Association to host the Heart to Heart fundraiser in loving memory of Jay, aka Papa Cadabra. The minimum you're able to donate through the Instagram fundraiser is $5, but any amount is indescribably appreciated. And even if you can't donate, because I completely understand, it would still mean the world to me if you share this fundraiser with a loved one or just somebody who means as much to you as Jay meant to my family and I. And thanks to a recent collaboration with Oscar of Mycelium Limity and our new Fruits of Life campaign, the podcast has been bestowed the great opportunity to beef up incentive for Colorado-based listeners only. Oscar has been generous enough to donate genetics to any Colorado listeners or supporters of the show that are interested in Mycelia Unlimited arranging a pickup of your gift for you in exchange of a donation of $10 to the Heart to Heart fundraiser. A donation is by no means mandatory. Just taking the time to listen to this already means the world to me. My intentions are to host the Heart to Heart fundraiser up until the memorial services are held in August so that you have plenty of time to make a change if you can't do so at this time. All proceeds are directly given to the American Heart Association to put towards lowering the rate of death associated with heart complications. To donate, please head on over to Smoke to Smoke's backup page, Smoke to Smoke underscore productions on Instagram, and hit the button in the show's bio to donate. Take care, stay lifted, and thank you for your time. Hello and welcome to Smoke to Smoke, the show that'll get you in the know about smoke and drill. I'm your host, Kadabra. 
With this podcast, I hope to inform you about the fast-growing world of cannabis. I'll be discussing strains, cannabis legislation, groundbreaking studies on the herb, and much more because there's a lot to cover. This podcast is for listeners 18 and up, so if you're a little kid, I might have to ask you to leave for now, but when it's your time, I'll be here and just feel free to hop on back in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello again. For this episode of Smoke to Smoke, I'll be talking with Chris, also known as Mr. Bud Talk, the creator from Bud Talk Podcast, to find out more about his passion for cannabis and his show. Although we don't dive right in, we hope you enjoy our expansive discussion to start on the culture of cannabis in the Midwest. And be sure to stay tuned until the very end to hear about a live fundraiser I'll be hosting with Snapdragon Hemp this weekend. Before we get started, though, I have a quick disclaimer. While making an immense effort to broadcast accurate information, I am not a doctor. I'm simply presenting my views based on what I gather from my own research. Please do not use this podcast as medical advice, and be sure to consult your physician for any medical issues you may be having. Thank you. Now, let's light up and dig in. Okay. All right, but, but yeah, so I mean, like, yeah, so I just kind of like, like I was saying, it's just, uh, just trying to play the field, you know, trying to just watch and, you know, just trying to keep our eyes up on on what's going on. Like you said, in a matter of time, matter of short change of weeks and months, the, the whole algorithm changes and stuff. Because I've, I've had times where they, like you said, I've went back and they blocked like old content and stuff. And I'm like, dude, that's from like almost two years ago, you know, like during COVID and stuff. They've I've seen them like take stuff down. I was shooting way back in like my basement, you know, yeah. like before I was even like going crazy, like dropping content and stuff on a regular basis where I was just kind of randomly posting on the live and stuff. So I don't know, man. I don't don't know. I don't really kind of like mess with it. It's kind of hard. Like I said, and then like you want to make sure too that you drop in genuine content. So that kind of like messes up with like what you kind of put into your content in a way because now you kind of got to dumb down what you really mean, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Like how use so many different like co-words and little um like letter altercations it makes it to where it sometimes it's hard to read what you're actually trying to say because you're trying to make sure ai can't read it yeah right like the creativity it seems like has gotten so shrunken down as to what you're really allowed to post it makes it to where even people who like establish businesses like not just podcasts or content creators but people who have like federal um cannabis licenses to sell cannabis or hemp or something like that they're getting their pages like gone like that like nobody's business and it's just because they're trying to promote their product promote that they exist and instagram doesn't like that like they want you to use their platform but they don't want you to promote sales and it's not even like cannabis industry anymore it seems like even regular content creators aren't getting an opportunity to make money now they're taking away like you can't make money through reels. You've got to be basically yeah. partnered with Instagram to yeah. make any type of revenue on there. Yeah, and that was like, I feel like that's kind of like the whole in like thing they have, like with the whole signing up for the Meta Verify stuff. I was like, I don't know, I haven't like really jumped on it yet because it's like, I don't know, I want to feel like I'm signing myself up for something. And it's like, well, now I can't drop content the way I want to. And now they're going to feel like they got full rights over kind of like what I can say and what I don't say. So I don't know. I want to see how that plays out. Cause like, 
people already been verified before they started doing that. So it's like, how are they adjusting the accounts and like, what are they allowing and not really allowing for real? Well, like some places are doing where you can pay to get verified now, like Instagram. And I think Twitter was doing it for a while, which they removed because they were doing like $8 flat and you could get verified. And so, so many people were just making random ass accounts and getting verified. <laughs> like somebody made a spoof Ted Cruz account and was saying some just buck wild stuff on there. Wow. So, yeah, like it just... I don't know that it's a hot mess, but then now they're trying to make like this new little system where it's like you can be verified, meta verified, or like a special type of verified where I guess you earn the right to get the, the blue check mark without having to do that. Hmm. I'm not sure how possible that is. I think that's just really reserved for like if you're a, um, an A list, B list, or some type of Hollywood celebrity or um, musician or somebody that's got a very large following. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, like there's, um, I just, I don't, I don't feel right about, okay. Yeah, I'll take a picture of my government ID and <laughs> you can have it and then I'll get a blue check mark. Like yeah, what? Yeah, no, man. No, right. All of that just to kind of feel like you have like uh, some certification or something. But and really like and all it was doing it was saying it was like like you said, like account kind of uh safety kind of guidelines, I guess how they they kinda of like wanna help you secure your accounts a lot better, but I don't know. I kind of, like you said, it's kind of like iffy in a way. I don't know. It's kind of up and down, but I just feel like as long as we kind of, I don't know, I, I think the more of us get together, you know, and try to just talk our ways through and network ourselves, you know, it's it's so many different ways and lanes and avenues to kind of get around that stuff. And I've, I, like I said, mm -hmm. I've kind of find myself in that thin line where I'm like able to kind of post what I want and still get my point across without having yeah. to like, get shadow banned and that's it's crazy like i have been on like a little run where i haven't like a lot of my content i have been dropping especially with me smoking in it and um kind of promoting you know promoting weed and stuff and cannabis like that and um haven't really gotten banned as much as we used to like before like a couple years back especially during covid we stay getting shadow banned like as soon as we'll drop something next morning it's like automatically um we have to go through what is that the little request you have to send in a review or whatever it is you have to send in, yeah. you know um we were getting those regularly like especially when we first started out because we always were like um getting stuff sent in um we were always just kind of like rolling up and just lounging on the on the live and just different stuff like that and just kind of getting some you know uh just natural organic shots in and i guess you know i guess with shots like that they kind of just it's too lifestyle, I feel like, for them. So it's kind of like, you know, you you promoting uh, promoting uh, recreational use in a obscene kind of manner in their eyes, I feel like, you know, if it's yeah. not, not natural looking to them, I feel. Yeah, I mean, like, even with things that I try to promote for, like, medical purposes only, like, I'm giving the strain review and the potential medical cannabis patients that might benefit from that strain yeah, they yeah. told me i was posting when i first started i was doing like three four of those posts a day mm. and i had like at least two three weeks worth of content lined up throughout was gonna light it up with a whole bunch of different weed infographics and luckily i had a call with like the people from instagram because they were like oh yeah we want to like 
talk you through um, how to get your business, well, get your business to the next level, get you in front of more eyes and stuff like that. And it was around the same time that I was trying to do ads and I noticed they kept getting rejected. Yeah. I was like, weird. Let me just call them. So I called them and it turns out my account was on the verge of getting deleted because they said that um, I was doing, basically I was doing the post too frequently. So I was like, okay, well, what can I post? And they're like, well, if you could like maybe not post anything weed related, I was like, oh, okay, you mean like for the weed podcast? Like, you want me to just like, what do you want me to do? Basically, right. don't want me to post anything. And now, still want me to. Yeah, and shout out, I will say shout out to the homie Daylight Stoner because he like him, he does a lot of like comical skits and stuff for the weed, for like yeah. cannabis and stuff. And he has to, he even says himself, he has to like use a lot of props and different stuff like that to kind of just get his point across. Cause you know, they not really, they not messing with the, they not messing with any kind of just promotion of smoking weed in any kind of way, which I mean, I guess, but I, y'all allow, like you said, they allow so much other worse things on the internet than what we kind of do. It's kind of hard. Like how y'all can just turn the blind eye to everything all the, all the time. Like, you know, it's just, I don't know, like you said, it's just kind of sickening a little bit, but, yeah, we just gotta. I don't know. Like I said, I feel like the more of us that do network together like this, we more of us continue to do stuff like this on each other's platforms and stuff. Is is kind of cuts kind of cuts them out because now we have so many ways. It's already in the airway, you know. What you gonna do mm. with it? You feel me? Like it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, just that strategic kind of counter counter punch, you know. Yeah, basically, we just got to keep networking with other podcasts and stuff that are within our own niche. So people are like, oh, hey, I listen to this show. Yeah. I might like this show. Yeah. And that's why I'm trying to do like I'm, I'm seeing right now a lot of people are hitting like a certain number, like maybe like 1.5 or 1,000 followers. And then they're just getting deleted. Like as soon as they hit an even number or something like Instagram's like, nope, nope, nope. Too many people are seeing delete. Uh-huh. And I'm just trying. I started working on the newsletter um towards the end of um yeah towards the end of june now Mm. and just trying to get people to migrate over to there because i'm gonna have to be doing a lot of my posts and giveaways and just all that type of stuff like that i'm trying to do because i'm trying to give away like grow kits for my college if you're in um colorado i'm trying to give away like smoking accessories just nationwide and stuff but i'm banned from live right now for the next like 30 days really so i really i i can't even host a fundraiser on my main account right now and i'm even trying to do that like i don't understand why i can't even they, they can't honor like i'm trying to do it for a good cause and they won't even give me the dignity of letting me promote something like that like what like, i don't know what they what they think i'm gonna do hmm. i don't know i i, I it's kind of like i said it's just it's a hard game to play it's a hard game to play it's a hard, it's real, yeah. and it's frustrating too. Like, and just in case in scenarios like where we do feel like we just educating and we want to, you know, help and we just kind of like pointing people in the right direction in the sense it's like, um, you know, what what else do you want to, you know, what else can we do to to do the right thing? You know, like how many avenues can we do to show y'all we trying to do the right thing? Because it's like again with the industry, with the cannabis industry in general, like the black. Congress, you know, or congregation in a sense, or how I know I'm not wording it right, but you know, the ba- the ba- the black majority in in the cannabis industry, uh, we not really, um, you know, it's not a lot of us in there, you know, and it's it's a lot of us still trying to get in or 
we don't know how to get in or we got people that's in and you know they're not really giving information back so you know i feel like however you know you can help to you know broaden that variety and just kind of allowing people to see the different you know aspects of cannabis and just the different lanes and avenues that we have you know that's why I like too like even for me like doing what I do with the podcast was always not just about, you know, educating people on weed, but also to allowing people to see that, you know, young black men and, you know, hardworking people can still function on weed and function on cannabis on a day-to-day basis and still go handle their business and, you know, and still have dreams and aspirations and stuff like that. Just like a regular person, you know, which they always try to make it seem as if, you know, because we smoke weed, we can't function or we can't be able to go throughout the day, which isn't always the case scenarios. You know what I'm saying? People go through stuff like we all know, like we use a lot of people use cannabis for medical reasons. So people go through stuff on a day to day basis and for the cases of why they need it. But I just feel like for my lane and what I've been trying to do and, you know, what I've been looking to get out to the people, I've always just tried to feel like, um, you know, being able to leave the door open for people, you know what I'm saying? And just trying to always reach back and give that information back when I could, regardless if they wanted it or not. I just feel like as long as we um just staying tight knit, man, we got to stay tight knit. And then it's hard, you know, it's hard. Everybody got stuff going on, but, um, you know, the more we kind of just show that diversity amongst our own selves too, amongst our own culture and black folks in general too, and people of color, in general, too, in this lane, like, you know what I'm saying? We have to be able to show diversity among ourselves. We can't always shun off, you know, people that might have a little more than you, a little less than you, or might be gay, might be straight, might, you know what I'm saying? We have to still be able to open those doors open because, for one, we all black, you know what I'm saying? We all trying to get to point A to point B, you know what I'm saying? So the, the, the quicker we figure that part out, I feel like the better the industry would be anyway because then we wouldn't be having, like, these giant companies like Ayers and, you know, some other uh, mainstream like cannabis companies that are just juggernauts now and like kicking ass. But, you know, you got folks like the Ball Family Farms, like shout out to them. They do their thing, too. But, you know, they still got to, you know, go through their ups and downs to even kind of put on the way they put on, you know. Yeah, it's really hard. Like We, we want to see more black and brown leaders emerge in the cannabis industry, but there's already not a lot of information out there, period, on how anybody can find a, um, a good fit and get their stride in the industry and start out in the first place. Also, there's some states that make it to where if you have prior convictions related to cannabis, you can't actually work in the industry, which makes no sense. You think somebody who has experience touching the plant should maybe be allowed to do it legally. I don't know. You would think, and, I, and I'm going to be honest, I don't think it is a real easy way to get in this industry. Out of all industries, this is probably one of the hardest ones to get into because of all the different arms and legs and attachments that are coming with it, you know what I'm saying, and continuing as it grows because now we are like one of the fastest growing industries in the, in the world. It's kind of hard to really be like, well, hey, because like once you get in there and you get it, get it figured out, like, you know what I'm saying, you know, throw me that information back because they probably even still figuring it out, you know? So it'd be like, you be, you be thinking like, yeah, people going to get to where they getting or open certain doors and they going to just automatically be like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a feed, feed the masses. But shit, a lot of times it don't really work like that. And then it'd be like, you know, for us that are kind of like in the tweener where we like, we're doing our thing and we're getting our information out and we letting people know, but we still, a lot of the times are the ones that we like, well, 
I wish the the, the bigger dogs would kind of trinkle some more of that down to us because we kind of like in the middle. We like, you know, we 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 are the ones that are kind of feed helping feed the masses in a way because y'all y'all only have half ass trinkling, you know, p- bits and pieces of information. It's up to us in a way to kind of decipher a lot of that and get give it out to the masses, and that's you know, I guess that's a part of media in a way, and um. You know, mm-hmm. so I just kind of like also too like, you know, just kind of pay attention to the information we are getting. You know, I really like I try not to post a lot of like news and stuff just because I always try to wait for a full story to kind of unwind before I just jump on top of something. Because there's always a, a last ending piece that they never tell you in the beginning. And we always be like, oh, it's all done. It's over. And nope. And something comes around and then we like, oh, damn, why they just ain't tell us that in the beginning? Yeah. It's so I just, you know, I try to be careful with a lot of what I post, man, and just kind of what I get into and what I read, too, man. Like, especially everything in this industry, I feel like they put, just like our regular government, they put out whatever they want us to see, too. So, you know, we got to, I feel like we kind of got to, again, pick who we, you know, mess mess with who mess with us in a way. Yeah, basically, I can't remember. This happened, I want to say, in Pennsylvania a few months ago at this point. But I heard the news that came out. Everybody was basically swarming on top of it, rightfully so, because it was alarming that there were a few companies being sold at this smoke shop that their products were testing positive for fentanyl. And they said that people were having fentanyl-related overdoses. So... Um, people were going crazy denouncing these companies. One of the companies happened to be my affiliate, Herb. So I was looking at the package of their product. They show like this has fentanyl in it, and I kept looking at it. And I was like, Yeah, um, they don't. Th- this is not a product they carry. So it turns out, did some more digging around, did some um, reverse image searching, even reached out to the company because I was like, Hey, have y'all seen this? And they actually. We were trying to figure everything out over the weekend, and then they got back to me the next, um, like the the next work day, trying to like give me give me an update so I knew, hey, what's going on, and basically there was a spoof company that was making a whole bunch of different products that looked similar to these other brands, but it wasn't them. Wow. And on probably a week later, it didn't even really matter because I think it was the, what was it the not the district attorney, um, one of the big like police chief dudes. Anyway, they went back and they're just like, oops, uh, turns out we made a mistake. They actually don't have fentanyl in it. Uh-huh. And um, just kidding. But that's too that's too late because the damage has already been done to all those businesses. They can't sell anything, even like with that information being put out that hey, this was a big mistake. Turns out there was don't know if it was lying, don't know what happened, but somebody didn't do all the research before making a big claim that companies were putting fentanyl in their edibles. But I like not like somebody got their hand in the pot to me. Yeah, but basically it made it to where even after the things were cleared up, there's still plenty of people that are just like, I don't know, that's still too risky and still won't buy from those companies. So it's already a lasting damage that I don't think they'll recover from unless they do like a huge rebranding entirely. Yeah, that's propaganda for you, though. That's That's how that works. That's what they that's what the government do though. That's what that's what they do. They go in, they infiltrate, you know what I mean? They they plant, you know, that's how they work. But you know, I don't want to get too get too deep into that conversation. Yeah, no, no, you know, no, I get you. you know, 
you know, it's just, you know, we gotta, I don't know, it's just rough, man. This industry is kind of crazy, but, um, let's, uh, so, like, as far as just, like, you know, kind of, like, how we kind of, you know, move forward from a lot of that, though, too, I think, um, you know, again, just staying informed, man, just staying informed, staying on your toes, um, don't be scared to reach out to your neighbor, too, man, don't be scared to, you know, network and, you know, inbox anybody or ask for a little bit uh, bits and pieces of information or reaching out locally. I know for me, like Wisconsin is kind of like a far stretch as far as reaching out to anybody. But um, we did have our partners in the beginning, um, you know, shout out to the hemp professors and stuff like that. Excuse me. Um, shout out to the hemp professors and stuff. But, um, you know, as far as like people that really got their foot in the game and, you know, really looking to kind of like, you know, give you those gems and stuff like that. It's uh, it's kind of far fetched here. Um, I've had my uh, you know, my share of just like you know, sitting down and shaking a couple hands here and stuff like that. But what's kind of, I don't know how soon or how far out of the way, you know, recreation is, you know, gonna happen for Wisconsin at all. Hopefully mm-hmm. sooner than later, especially with all the Midwest states around us completely legal. So I don't know, but we super Republican here, so. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. So, you know, it's kind of one of them on lasting going things. But we have plenty like CBD and hemp dispensaries and smoke shops and everybody that that in, partake in cannabis and stuff like that. So but I think to hear what, you know, is a little problem, maybe a problem for my my city and my state. Like we are we're too my black community. I feel like here, like we kind of like too stuck on what's cool, like, you know. Instead of like kind of figuring out the game, which I mean, some of us got it figured out, but the I feel like the majority that do have us do have it figured out, we also too are too scared to kind of reach out to the other masses because of the perception that we get from them. Like you know, so it's kind of like we we all are kind of like kind of like blocking each other from really un- having a full understanding of what we got on our hands. Like, I feel like if my city, my state, like, was to really, like, kind of be like, you know what, we're going to make cannabis a priority number one here, mm-hmm. we could probably do it. Like, you know, because we have so many colleges here and Madison is a party uh, party city and stuff. Um, it's, the, it's the capital here. And, um, you know, Milwaukee, we, you know, we kind of, we do our thing here. You know, we, we put, we're super black and stuff here. So it's kind of crazy, you know, for us to not have like, you know, many hemp festivals uh, occasionally and periodically here and there. And that's why I've been, man, I'm telling you, I've been trying to get my feet a little dirty and my hands a little dirty around here, man. But, um, you know, it's just like, it's, it's, those are, those are things that I foresee. I've, and don't get me wrong. I've seen, they just had like an expo um, out here not too long ago. I think that was last year. They had like a, uh, a cannabis expo, but you know, I feel like that stuff only happens like every two years. We don't really hear a lot of that stuff. And then when they do it, it's like so quick, it's like for the day or something. And then it's over. It's usually like most festivals are like two, two days, two to three days, you know? So it just depends, man. I don't know. I just I've been trying to, like I said, I've been trying to hit the ground running here and trying to spread the word. Mm-hmm. I think again, it's about um, you know, just reaching out and trying to find people like-minded too, and trying to find you know, people around you that you can put around you that um are gonna help amplify your your dream and your aspirations and and the goals and stuff like that. 
you know, even if y'all don't both deal in like cannabis and stuff like that, it's always good to still have, you know, like-minded individuals in different industries and stuff. Cause you know, you never know how you can help each other grow. Yeah. And that's one thing I actually noticed. Well, a few things that I noticed in Arkansas was that it was medical only. It was a relatively newer program and really the only first few dispensaries coming out since 2019. And it seemed like there weren't many cannabis events. There are no hemp events. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anything at all. You might like, there might be an event where you'll see like a vendor that has like, you might sell something with a pot leaf on it, but that's the extent of what you were going to get. Yeah. And I think it was because a lot of the Arkansas community were so hush hush about wanting to admit that they used cannabis. A lot of people were for it, but they didn't want to admit like, oh yeah, I smoke because especially the town I used to live in, there were a lot of older people. So they came from that generation where that shit was not okay. So of course they're not going to talk about it. And of course they don't want to see, they don't want their friends to see them going into a dispensary or smoking a joint. Because even those like, I don't know, I, I think they're still like, um, not that old people are judgy, but I feel like they're very critical, very critical of each other, mm-hmm. and just that perception of trying to be more perfect and um, percent um, seemingly held together than you actually were. You didn't like now our future generations and where we are at now. I feel like we're a lot more willing to admit when we need help and when things aren't going right, as mm-hmm. opposed to like maybe forty years ago. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think um, I think the growth in like just everybody's industry and just what people want to do, you're realizing that you really actually like you. A lot of people, I feel like we all do it where we force ourselves to kind of go through stuff when we don't have to. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm definitely an example of that. I feel like I'm the type of person like a person can tell me like it's sharp. I'm going to go see if it's sharp myself. You know, we don't have, a lot of times people don't have to go through that. And I think, um, you know, with that, we just, you know, comes the learning and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think we just got to find ourselves and, you know, and humble ourselves too in situations when we can to kind of know that we, it's okay to ask for help. Like, you know, it's okay to be like, hey, like, you mind sharing a bit of information with me? And also too, we have to be open to the fact of rejection too. I think that's another thing people are receptive to is like being told no because you know you're such in a situation where you're like man somebody's gonna help me they gotta help me people don't gotta do nothing for you like you can go to the water yeah somebody can show you where the water is but it's up to you like you know what i'm saying it's up to you to figure out how to drink catch your own fish you know all that kind of stuff like that and even if you don't get the information from that first five group of people what you gonna do you gonna wait another but another five group of people to go get the answers. I think, no, I think sometimes you have to learn from situations and then as you adapt and learning from, you know, a lot of different, a lot of those different scenarios, you learn to kind of learn how to fish and learn when that, where that water is yourself in a way, if, if you kind of get my drift. So, you know what I mean? So it's just, you know, you kind of, um, it's like give and take, you know, give and take, learn when to learn when to know how to ask for help, but also to also to learn to know how to be receptive and open to, you know, whatever is to come. You know, I and I read a book actually, it's called the mindfulness book. Um, it's mm-hmm. just got a lot of different passages and stuff like that. And it just kind of tells you about leaving yourself open and vulnerable for life, 
you know, and just different aspects of it, whether it's rejection, acceptance, you know what I'm saying, and just kind of letting go. You know, you kind of have to be able to, you know, put yourself in a conscious state of mind of being able to know that, you know, stuff is going to be okay regardless of really what you're going through because it's up to you. Okay. Yeah. Basically, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I think we had a great chat, but maybe we should talk more about you, what you do <laughs> in your show. For sure. So, first off, tell us how you're doing today and what you're smoking on. <laughs> um, I'm doing pretty good. Um, Today, when I'm smoking, I'm actually, I actually just got done smoking. I was actually smoking on my pipe, smoking on a little bit of an OG Kush. Shout out to my homie. He actually brought that to me a little earlier. No no specific things for it, but I know it's an OG just kind of by texture and taste. But most likely it's probably an indica because I'm definitely like super chill right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely straight out the pipe. And also, too, smoking out the pipe actually uh, hits a lot harder. It, it kind of helps you feel that indica and that we, uh, you know, soon, you know, that high a lot sooner than when you're just smoking. So for sure. I feel like that has something to do with the amount of THC that's actually com- um, processed through your body um, with the different smoking methods. It yeah. was a long time ago, so I'm not sure if I got the correct numbers or anything, but I thought it was like maybe five to t- five to 10% of the THC for like a joint or a blunt, and then 30-something percent of the THC being absorbed in your body from like a bong and somewhere in between for a pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that direct contact high is like definitely is always kind of like going to put you there right away. But I will say sometimes, even though you hit it through the pipe and the bomb, a lot of times that high don't last as long. And maybe it's just because the length of you smoking and maybe that and maybe that could be for different people, too. But I notice with me sometimes a lot of times when I hit the pipe, like I'll be high real good for a little bit, but then it kind of starts dumbing down a little bit by the time, you know, kind of most times when I'm just smoking. So I don't know. It could be, like you said, it could be like a little bit of both for real. One thing for me that I'm noticing lately is that if I smoke, I have to be like wherever I originally smoke has to be in a different location where I'm going to chill at. Because if I'm just sitting there smoking and watching TV or something, I'm not necessarily going to feel the effects of it. I'm just kind of relaxed, already in a relaxed state. It's not like... I don't know why. It just doesn't feel like I'm getting as uh, medicated with it. No, you ain't, you, you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. I, I, I believe that for real. I kind of enjoy, I really enjoy like being high and out and about, like, you know what I'm saying? And like moving around. That's why I mess, I do mess with hybrids a lot more for sure. And, that, and that's the thing too, like being here in Wisconsin, Milwaukee, is kind of hard to kind of like know what you're getting. You have to drive to Illinois and Michigan and all these other places to be able to just know, okay, whether it's an indica or sativa, because a lot of the, you know, the guys around here ain't just knowing right off the back, oh, yeah, bro, that's a sativa hybrid. You know what I'm saying? Like, they ain't got the list in their back pocket. Yeah, they've got, like, all the <laughs> flavors with the terpene profiles and stuff. Yeah. Okay, understandable. <laughs> it's like it's like that uh that giant candy jar at school, you know? Your teacher just, like, pick you a couple pieces of candy out of there. You just don't, you don't care what it is as long as it's candy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing I don't necessarily miss. Like, now I got to know what strain it is. Like, I got I, I the dispenser. I'm just like, hey, so terpenes, question mark? Like, you got to let me know. And if they don't, <laughs> they're just like, I don't know. It's an indica. I'm kind of just like, mm, 
I don't know. I don't, I'm not really too trusting on this because there's some indicas that they, I don't know. They kind of like, I, my body's relaxed, but my mind's very alert. And there's some sativas that I'm just like, like tangerine haze is one of those strains that um, I get zonked with. And same with green skunk. I think they're both sativas, but they both hit me kind of like an indica. Like I just be spaced out. Like, what was I doing? Man, you're not wrong. That's how I used to get with like biscotti. I love mm-hmm. biscotti. That was like my favorite strain for a while. Okay, yeah, biscotti's a really good one. I haven't had that one in a minute. Yeah, that's a good hybrid for sure. I love biscotti. Okay, I was like always a huge favorite because I don't know. Like I said, I've I've always been like a I've always been a hooper and stuff. I played ball and stuff, so like I've always needed like a sativa, especially like when I was living in AZ for a while when I was in school and stuff. I got spoiled because out there, even though like they were sell, still selling weed, like you know, regular they those like guys out there knew what they had. Like you know, it was really like the culture out there still. Like even before it became like fully uh, legal and stuff out there, so. It's just like I said, I feel like uh when you got when we get into the more interstates, it's like uh it's not as much of a culture thing anymore as far as like the cannabis and the weed thing. It's like really about just being cool and who got the most weed. Yeah. Or who got the best smoking weed, to be honest. Like and and I mean, unfortunately that's I I guess that's kind of the profile of some of the I, to me, the Midwest we get. But like when you go to Cali and you go you know, to Denver and you go, you know, to AZ and to Vegas, even I'll say, and shoot, shout out to Texas even too. Like they doing their whole thing, getting um, the cannabis movement out there, you know, cracking and stuff. Shout out to them. You know, it's a vibe out there. Like, you know what I mean? You're going to, you're going to know that, you know, people smoke weed here and that's just really what we do. And it's about, you know, the joy in it more so than just buying a bunch of weed and, just saying we got the strongest weed. Yeah, because really, I, I don't even look at the THC percentages too much when I go to the dispensary. I'll try to, like, mention that or give an average THC perspe- percentage when I'm doing my strain reviews. Just because people, that's a lot of the time what they base what they buy off of. But it's got to stop with that. Like, I think it's social media to blame, too, where you got to see somebody smoking the coolest way, smoking out a 10-foot bong that, or a life-size bong that like well i mean when i say life size i mean like the size of a person oh yeah 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 i've seen them the whole stand-up john i've definitely yeah. seen them like that or who can do the most dabs and i'm i'm trying to host a dab event but i was really like stuck on the fact that i was like i didn't want to do a competition where every time you get something wrong you got to do a dab because i'm just not trying to promote that overconsumption. you know like you yeah. just need to smoke what you need and yeah. leave it at that because you save money and you aren't wasting bud that you don't really need if you're already at that point yeah for sure for sure for sure mm-hmm. i agree so introduce yourself to the lovely folks at home and tell us what Bud Talk is. All right. What's going on, everybody, on the Smoke to Smoke podcast? For one, I appreciate you, Ms. Cadaver. This is actually our second time on, you know, on the on the live or on the, uh, on the call together. I did uh, the Black History Month trivia game. What was that? Beginning of the year almost, a couple of months back. Yeah, the Black History Month puff and play you were a part of. You yep. didn't do um, – I won't, I won't say you didn't do – you didn't do too well, but um, not. 
<laughs> yeah, like, but like some of those games, though, I was like, all right, now, like, what, what was you? Hit me with the Kamala Harris, and I was like, oh, but we about to shut it down, like, no more playing. <laughs> no, for real, it was, it was still, it was a good time, though. It was a good time. No, I ain't gonna lie, I definitely kind of was skunking some of the questions. I was just like, man, I don't know if it was just me high or what, but I was just like, man, I can't get an answer. But I, I pulled through, or I tried to pull through towards the end. But, um, but yeah, man, so shout out to everybody out there, man. It's your boy, Chris, Mr. Bud Talk, man, owner and creator of the Bud Talk podcast. Going on, uh, our fourth anniversary will be this September, actually, so shout out to that. And, man, uh, the Bud Talk podcast is really just a podcast about, you know, real life people smoking cannabis and just really getting out dope education and information and, um, you know, allowing people to see the lifestyle, whether it's from a music standpoint, whether it's from a clothing standpoint, everything. And also, too, it's about showing versatility within our industry and what I've been doing with the podcast, um, being able to show that, you know, I can work with different people from different industries and with whether it's hosting events or, you know, featuring on other podcasts or anything I could do. Um, so, yeah, that's what Bud Talk is about, man. Um, we, and like I said, we've been going on for about four years now. So um, we're on the Spotify um, YouTube, uh, check us out on Instagram, uh, even on Facebook, if you want to give it a dive on there too. We also certified by Google. So if you search us up on Google, we'll pop right up. Um, but yeah, man, been around, be kicking, be kicking it, kicking real shit for a little while. So. Okay. Okay. So tell us about some of the different segments you do on the show and how your show has changed from when it initially aired. Wow. That's a great question. Shoot. Well, for one, um, for anybody that's been kind of longtime follower or whether you're just following, um, I've, we've had a couple different phases where I've had uh, two separate groups of friends that I've had on on the podcast before and both great, great groups of people. The second group was actually more so with a group of homies that, you know, I smoked with on a regular basis. We hang out on a regular time and stuff like that. So it just felt a little more natural doing it with them, doing it with the second group of people. But um with that phase, it more so we kind of got into our official first season of Bud Talk where we really was just like kicking out the content. Um, we were really doing events, Black History. We did uh, some Black Business Month events. We did um, partnered up with a couple dispensaries, uh, just all kinds of different stuff, man. Um, that season was really dope. First season really was able to kind of hit the ground running and kind of really show the people that we are here for them and um, that you know, Bud Talk is a legit, you know, source of reliable source of information and media. And then just kind of going on from there and um, unfortunately having to depart from that group of guys. And um, we still hang and talk and stuff like that. So shout out to all them fellas, too. So kind of just coming from there and just kind of now being on like this whole solo run I've been on. Shoot, I've actually been on the solo run for myself for about maybe two years now myself. But really just kind of like getting some full traction on my own within this last year and just kicking out all these different interviews, um, finally launching my uh, my first uh, line of merch, shoot, having guests on from Canaline, shout out to them, uh, multi-nominated and award-winning Canaline syrup, all-natural, gluten-free syrup, shout out to them, Kenny and all them. Shout out to Monroe Flow from TFM. Got a chance to to do a great dope interview with bro. He signed to Larry June. I don't know if anybody of y'all out there know who Larry June is, but he signed to Larry June um, to the Free Minded Group, man. And um, getting to know him and um, getting to have a conversation with him was dope and kind of eye-opening and humbling, too, at the same time. Just because 
um, to be able to step in a different lane, you know, and be able to see um, other creatives and other like-minded people work in their industry and do the things that they're doing to their full capacity um, really opens your eyes up and um, allows you to kind of see things for what it is, even in your own case scenarios. And uh, and honestly, too, he's younger than me. So shout out to him for really staying, you know, true to his craft and true to his lane, man. And um, everybody that I've had a chance to interview and people uh, throughout the, the podcast, I've had a chance to meet and do business with and um, shout out also to shout out to Fresh Greenhouse that I got a chance to work with a little bit. They're located in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, here in Wisconsin, man. Um, shout out to Davajan, man. I appreciate uh, the love and stuff he gave me too while I was uh, on my solo run as well. But yeah, just been kicking, kicking and getting work out and um, just the transformation too as far as like my segments and stuff. Man, we've had the Smoky Nights. Uh, we've had garage chronicles we had lunch uh the lunch blunt we've had hot boxing with tay we've had the smoky night lounge uh i've had the daily talk um now to go on live with bud talk and just now just the regular podcast content too and i will say going into going live with bud talk um that's that's the whole inter- interview segment that's really been like what's i feel like giving more life to the podcast just because I've had such a great interest from all different walks of life wanting to be on. And um, uh, it's a little overwhelming, honestly, to be real, just because, you know, you don't expect it. You know, you don't expect people to really be kind of watching your work the way they do and um, to kind of have people reach out the way they have been and want to get on and do interviews like that willingly, you know, and um, it's dope. It's dope. And um, just with all those different segments, too, and shout out to the guys that, that were doing the segments, too, man. Um, It was always about just being able to give a, a personal insight and just a personal point of view from each and every one of us. And um, even up until now, even with the daily talk, and actually that's another segment I'm looking to bring back. Um, Y'all heard it here first. So, And that was, like, to me, kind of important to have that segment because it really helped me. Um, get out a lot of the news part that I wasn't feeling like I was able to get with some of the like the regular podcast content and um, just doing the interviews. So the daily talk, I was able to talk about whether it was, you know, shoot uh, Chris Weber and, you know, him signing his deal in New York, being um, kind of like a head liaison of like kind of their money and their bacon and stuff like that out there or whether it was something about, you know, our legislation and our government, um, the music industry, any anything really. Um, it just kind of helped give another dynamic to the podcast that people enjoy too. The segments, man, I enjoy all the segments really. Um, it's, it helped me really show a lot of my different creativity. It was, it was pretty, they're pretty dope, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all get a chance to uh, head on to the Instagram, um, whether it was, uh, you know, whether it's old or new, you know, take time to look at some of those segments, man, and even the current ones. Um, it's definitely some dope content on there and some dope words and uh, just different advice and stuff we were able to give out, you know, just throughout the, the, the time we did the podcast. Okay. So who have been some of your most favorite guests or some of your most favorite topics that you've discussed on the show? And what are some topics you're excited to discuss in the future? Hmm. Um... Huh, let's see. Um I'll definitely I'll I'll definitely say uh my my probably my favorite my favorite episode or probably um segment that we done 
the probably my favorite. Okay, so my favorite segment was uh me and shout out to Hefty Hef. Shout out to uh, I just be looking. Um, y'all can go follow him. Bro got his own podcast too now. It's called Baked by Noon. He used to be on the podcast too, but um, we had a segment on his lunch blunt that we did about um, it was about an anime show for next Netflix, but it was called Blood of Zeus, and it was just just the the conversation and the depth of how we was just able to talk and just kind of bouncing off each other on that one and just having fun, you know, being able to laugh and just be genuine and stuff, just kind of getting out regular content and allowing people to see us in our vulnerable states, you know, and just kind of you know seeing allowing people to see us for who we are. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to um, say, why does cannabis mean so much to you? Um, you know, because I, you know, I starting out, I was I was playing ball. Like I said, I played ball in AZ and stuff like that. And I had a back injury then. And um, around the time uh, I was taking a lot of different pills and stuff, you know, and just to try to get back. And I just wasn't feeling like myself. And I just started smoking real heavily. And I was like, you know. I started working out again. My back wasn't bothering me. And um, I don't know. I just kind of got off the pills and stuff then. And I solely just worked on just working out. I just had it in me to just get back in the gym. And I just smoked frequently. And um, I, I just feel like it kind of gave me that sense of mind where it was like, you know, um, you're not broken. Like, you know. And at the time, I felt like I was broken. Like, I felt like I was never going to be able to, like, just play my regular game or just be able to just – play regular anymore because my back was super jacked up at the time like I was having all kind of muscle spasms and stuff and I had a tear in my back so it was kind of a hard time around that time so but yeah cannabis just from then on we was kind of I made it completely a part of my life since then so um yeah shout out to college (laughs) shout out to college so how do you promote your show how yeah. Um, through a line of different ways, honestly, solely through myself. However, I can get out, you know, reels or, you know, post here and there, or is it to the story or whether it's sharing or, um, you know, maybe asking someone to share or, um, you know, getting all these different accounts on these different airways and stuff like that or streaming platforms. It's true. Just a different multitude of ways, but really just solely through just posting honestly and um like i was telling you earlier when we were talking it's just like paying attention to the algorithm and just really finding out what what's working and what don't work i try not to like over worry myself or oversaturate my mind with what social media and what other cannabis content creators and podcasts are doing um because we all have our own niches and we all have our own lanes so i kind of just try to take examples and pay attention but also to stay within my means and it's it's worked that way so for sure okay so how often does your show air so as far as like interviews right now um i'm actually getting to a point where i'm going to be getting interviews i'll probably every i want i've been trying to do every every week or every two weeks so that's kind of like the 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 time frame as far as like interviews and how i kind of want to structure them and getting them out um, I got two interviews getting ready to come up. Um, actually, this coming Sunday, um, so y'all could look out for that. Um, getting ready to drop soon. But as far as like just content, as far as the regular podcast, I've been trying to just like really be leisure with kind of how I've been dropping lately. I really just been wanting to take my time and structure it because, like I said, I'm I'm by myself now, so I'm like really, really wanting to be. I'm kind of critical of myself at times, so I feel like I'm kind of over-critiquing at times, but i really just been kind of careful with how I've been dropping. 
Um, I got episode two already locked and loaded, getting ready to drop. So that's actually probably going to drop in the next week or so, too. Um, and then also, too, I got a vlog uh, that I did um, at the Larry June and Monroe Flow interview in the concert I did back um, a couple months ago that I'm getting ready to drop, um, too, as well in the next week or so. So y'all be having some some recent content coming soon. But as far as just time frames, really don't have a time frame just on the sense of um, just trying to, like, map things out. As far as like the content and everything I've been wanting to shoot, uh, as far as the interviews and the segments and stuff like that and scheduling and stuff, I got so many different segments and stuff I want to do. It's just trying to, you know, get time for it all for real. Yeah, because you don't want to basically bite off too, like, too much and more than you can chew. Exactly, exactly. And then like like I said, I have um, going live with Bud Talk. Right now I got two interviews scheduled. I'm looking to get a couple more in. So, and then I got my own regular podcast. I want to keep shooting and stuff like that. So, um, I've been trying to just get, you know, time in and just shoot that stuff. And then also, too, I work a regular job. So, I try to like work around that stuff, too, as well. So, it's kind of like, you know, whether you, I'm tired or not, it's like, all right, Chris, you can make, take a couple of hours to rest, but you got to, you know what I'm saying, get this edited or get this shot or something like that. So, yeah, because I'll be like real tired after work. And I'm like, okay, so let me just maybe not podcast or do anything tonight. You know, right now, where I've got to edit like five episodes or so, I got a whole month's worth of episodes I need to like get on because I keep getting tired after work and I want to put it off to my off days. Then on my off days, I just want to relax. So I'm trying to find that balance right now because I am doing a lot of the stuff like by myself, like you are as well. But now, I got a plan. I'm going to get my husband in on it and dump some work on him. So that way. I- <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> so how many episodes does your show have right now in in whole? In, oh, man. Uh, let's see. Well, if we can count everything, honestly, uh, probably got in content in total, segments and episodes and even currently probably got over like maybe a hundred and some odd like pieces of content and episodes that y'all can like go check out but as far as like on the spotify and youtube that you can go listen to directly i have about a little over like maybe 30 ooh, maybe a little more than that honestly because we got vlogs and stuff on there too so uh so probably like maybe about 40 something odd episodes on the YouTube that's currently on the YouTube. And then on the Spotify, we probably got 27 um, because uh the actual podcast, uh, the first season um, was only one through 27 episodes. And I'm going to probably follow suit um same way this season. I'm going to probably follow up with another like 20 some nice, uh episodes this season, too. So. Y'all, y'all, it's a lot of, we have just, in general, just a lot of content, man. It's just a lot of content out that y'all can go get. Like I said, all of it, majority of it, that the main stuff, everything that you can see possibly is probably on the YouTube, most definitely. Um, And then everything else as far as audio um, that you want to just probably, you know, ride along, you know, straight directly from your phone to your headphones um, is on the Spotify for sure. So y'all go get that, you know what I'm saying? T- hit that link, you know what I'm saying? All that kind of stuff like that for sure. Okay, yeah, that was one thing I really like listening to just the audio of your show because I yeah, have sure. a lot of free time. 
to look at my phone, especially because I like binging episodes too. So it'll be a long time to just be staring at my phone when I'm supposed to be working. But <laughs> no, for sure. And um, that was that was kind of like always the thing too, man. Like uh, first starting out, it was always uh, kind of getting the visual part was kind of like a stress theme in a way because that was like the the dynamic of all the podcasts were kind of going. And then um, everything became like, okay, let's do the audio thing. And um, that was always something I felt like uh, I needed to make sure that I did with the podcast in general, especially as I continue to drop episodes and stuff is making sure I continue to get y'all that audio just to give, you know, be able to give accessibility to folks. You know, like you said, you know, now everybody's able to just sit down and just full screen watch an episode and stuff like that. So I always want to try to, you know, make sure I give y'all a different option. options and stuff like that for sure Mm -hmm. yeah that um as far as trying to get the episodes in audio format i think it's because now well let's say as comparison a few years ago during covid a lot of us have way more free time to just kind of be sitting there watching stuff but now we're all getting back to our daily lives we gotta have something for this in between like on the commute to work or something or on a walk we're always like we're always doing something again so it's harder to really take the time to view all that visual content no, for real. And that's and that's definitely kind of always that's is finally once we once I finally kind of start getting around to being like, you know, and then finding the platform because, too, I was like, well, you know, eventually, too, I want to get on like iTunes and stuff like that and um different like different platforms and stuff, not not just settling for just, you know, Spotify and stuff like that. So it's, it's other platforms. I've definitely been looking at two audio platforms. Um, excuse me. Um, that I've been kind of looking into and, um, you know, looking to just kind of, you know, take it, take, take my chance at. Okay. So what's been the most memorable experience from your ship? Oh, um, most, most memorable. Um, I'm going to say two, I'll, I'll give you two and maybe a possible three if I can. Okay. I'll say the first one, honestly, most memorable thing. It's not, uh, it's not on the show. But it was an event. It was an event we was able to do for the podcast. It was really my first real event ever that I've probably thrown. Um, it was just the black our black business event we did. Um, and shout out to uh, Elite Chris too, man, for allowing us to use his uh, place of business to be able to um, do that whole thing there, man. That was dope. Um, being able to bring all those black folks in there and um, see all those people in there and um, shaking hands and buying each other's products and support one another and having a good time and you know, and just being genuine and um, being able to, you know, be receptive to one another and, and know that we all are, you know, looking to get to the same place for real. Um, that was dope. I ain't gonna lie. That was dope. I was super nervous and, and excited at the same time. And then um, my second one, honestly, would probably be my my, my Monroe Flow um, interview um, that I just recently did a couple months ago, just on the strength of like, I listened to these guys' music. Um, him and Larry June and a lot of other guys and stuff like that that I listen to. And um, not to say that it's like uh, their music is just, you know, uh, above all or nothing like that. You know, we all listen to our own type of music. But when I listen to music, that's going to get me motivated and put me in the mood to attack life the way I feel like I should be attacking life. That's the music I listen to. Um, and to be able to, like, sit down and have a conversation with him. Um and just kind of get his point of view on some stuff, man. And uh, like I said, and for him to be younger than me uh, really helped open my eyes up to, you know, more 
even for my own self and for what I see for myself. Um, but yeah, uh, that's pretty. I was gonna do the third one, but I kind of forgot. <laughs> okay, you said you were gonna do a third one or not? Nah? No, 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 no. I I, I kind of forgot. Okay, fair enough. So, have you had any issues initially getting your show off the ground? Uh, honestly, it wasn't necessarily getting it off the ground. We, I really, I'm a person that just like let's do it. Like you know, what I'm saying, is if as long as we got all the components, we, let's do it. Like you know, there's there's always ways around stuff because before we even got a microphone, we shot directly from our phones. Before we had, you know our video editing skills, we just relied on, you know, slapping a video up on YouTube and hopefully it was going to go crazy because we just had to, you know, we had to learn, you know, we were willing to learn and willing to go through the motions and stuff. So to me, honestly, there was no like pitching kind of like just getting and doing. It was really more so um, getting people to catch on. Honestly, that was really the whole, the hardest part, getting people to buy in, getting people to be like, okay, these people are genuine. They, what they doing is a uh, real or, you know what I'm saying? It's not a, uh, something they just picking up and running around with because, you know, they, they just see something trending, you know? Yeah. Okay. So what's some advice you want to share with fellow content creators who make podcasts? Ooh, man, I should do a lecture for real. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, um, a little advice, you know, honestly, again, it's really, uh, Finding something that you really care about for real. And it's not about just making the money. Like if you know that what you care about, whether it's trending or not, if that's something you truly care about, dive into it with nothing but the full capacity of your your mind and your being, man. And also too, if you're gonna do it with a team, if you're gonna do it with people, you're gonna bring other people on board, make sure that, you know, there's no doing it for a favor. There's no, you know, you know, hidden interest. Make sure that we all are, you know, like-minded individuals and stuff like that. We all making sure we want to get to the bag in the same place. And um, we all pushing the same dreams, you know, and wanting to help people, man. And um, finding a, finding your niche, man. Just finding your niche, finding your lane, staying true to yourself. And um, don't be putting on no lame content. <laughs> Ayo, it's Kadabra from Smoke to Smoke. I want to give y'all the 411 on a company with great Delta 8 and rare cannabinoid products that can be delivered right to your door. If you're looking for some high quality rare cannabinoid products, look no further. My boys over at Moonwalker have got you covered. If you're looking for a wide range of quality rare cannabinoid tinctures, gummies, vapes, topicals and even gummy sampler packs for you to try out just a taste of some of their delicious cannabinoid treats before committing to a bottle check out moonwalker and when you go to the site don't forget to use the code smoke to smoke 420 to save some cash the next time you want to stock up your stash again that's s-m-o-k-e-t-o-s-m-o-k-e 420 to save a little bit off on me it means a lot Before we get back into today's episode, we gotta take a quick smoke break. It feels like it's been a minute, but for today's smoke break, I'll be breaking down some apple fritter by Double Brow. 
This beautiful batch was snagged at a brand new standing akimbo dispensary in Colorado Springs. If you haven't already stopped by the shop, I definitely recommend it. But anyway, without any more delay, let's light up and dig in. Apple fritter, also known as apple fritters, is a rare evenly balanced hybrid strain created through crossing the classic sour apple and animal cookie strains. Best known for making the High Times 2016 World's Strongest Strains list, Apple Fritter is a strain that boasts an aroma profile as delicious as its name. When cracking into this batch, my nose was flooded with a heavenly symphony of well-paired aromas from a distinctly creamy butteriness to a light sugary sweet blend of vanilla cake and apple with a very similar delicious flavor. The apple fritter high snuck up on me very quickly after finishing my bowl, filling my mind with a rushing euphoric lift and locking in a highly stony haziness that pushes out any negativity or racing thoughts almost immediately after onset. As my cerebral state flew higher and higher, a tingly body high washed over me that deeply relaxed my aching muscles and left me giggly and at ease with the world as any busy thoughts and stress were quickly washed away. These effects combined with the higher than average THC level of 20% give apple fritter an edge in treating those suffering from conditions such as insomnia, fibromyalgia, gastrointestinal disorders, chronic pain, depression, and chronic stress. The dominant terpenes in apple fritter are caryophylline followed by limonene and pinene. That's all I've got for this smoke break. Now, let's get back to the episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, before I let you go, I've got just some fun questions so the listeners can get to know a little bit more about you. For sure. So, what's your favorite strain? My favorite strain, as I said, my favorite strain is probably Biscotti. I'm going to go number one. And then number two, just to kind of give y'all something a little more on the Za level, shout out to uh, Honey Buns, man. That shit is fire. I ain't going to hold you. Honey Buns is fire. Okay, okay. I don't think I've tried Honey Buns, honestly. So is it like a sweeter? Like, does it actually have like the like the scent of honey? It, it, it's definitely a, so, and that's the crazy part. So like the smell is more so like kind of a lighter. It is very sweet, but it's like a lighter smell. Um, it's not like, um, it's not super, uh, it's not super dense. It's definitely, it breaks down well. It's super leafy and it's just like, and then it has a lot of, it has a lot of turps on it. And then, and then also too, the hairs on it are super crazy too. So, but shout out to the, I don't remember the brand. My guy, he used to always get his hands on stuff just cause he used to go take that drive and stuff. He used to come back all the time, but, um, he just would, he would always pop up with just the craziest eyes and it'd be like honey buns. I know we had, uh, what was that, Sharknado by, uh, who was that, the guys, who was that, Mar some guy named Marley from, I think he's from Detroit, Michigan, too. He has a brand called, like, Sharknado or something like that. We tried that. Um, okay. Yeah, shout out to him, too. He's doing his thing, man. But um, that was pretty fire, too. Okay. 
So next up, what's your favorite restaurant? Restaurant? Ooh, yikes. Uh, can I just do the favorite food? Yeah. Okay, my favorite, my favorite food. Like if we, if I am gonna go sit down in a restaurant, I definitely do like Italian food. So anywhere Italian is pretty straight. Um, but definitely Italian food, my favorite food for sure. Okay, okay. Is there any particular dish that you like, or are you just kind of like not really picky with Italian food? You know, there's like a, um, there's like a, like a, I want to say like a baked, like chicken style kind of chicken that they do. With kind of like the veggies and that like uh, that red tomato and like red pepper kind of thing they do. Okay. I don't know. I don't wanna, you know, I don't want to be like miss saying nobody's, you know, yeah, people's dishes and stuff like that. You feel me? But it's just and then also pasta for sure. I'm super big on pasta. So any kind of good pasta is, is fire. I actually I make my own pasta too from time to time. So. Ooh, like so you like actually have like the pasta press machine and stuff? Oh, no, 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 no. My bad. I don't want to go that far. <laughs> 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 my bad <laughs> i'm not i'm not out here uh noodle pressing <laughs> oh okay okay i thought i'd ask though just in case like ooh, yeah. <laughs> one day hey maybe one day though it doesn't look too bad though it looks really fun i just i feel yeah. like i don't eat that much pasta to where i need to make it i know right i kind of still have this uh this bag of uh spinach noodle pasta that i have that i haven't even used i haven't used in a little while had two bags of it. I used the other one, but the other one's just kind of just sitting now. Yeah. I'm like, man, when, when am I going to make this pasta again? <laughs> man, got to make that pasta soon. Good thing it doesn't really have like a shelf life like that. I know, right? Right. So next up, what is your idea of fun? My idea of fun, you know what? Um, I always enjoy, even though I enjoy my time to myself, I do enjoy uh being around people and having a good time. I've grown up, you know, doing the house party stuff and gatherings and family gatherings and stuff like that. And um, that's always just kind of dope for me. I ain't gonna lie, like always being able to have like a family gathering and, you know, bringing a bunch of people by and, you know, kind of just having some drinks and kind of turning up or, you know, we just, or whether we just chilling and vibing, listen to some old school tunes and we just outside enjoying the good weather or some, you know, enjoying some good vibes for real. Good company. Okay. So next up, what are your three favorite ways to get stoned? <laughs> uh, while playing the game, <laughs> uh, before I go to work. And after I get off of work. <laughs> All right. So next up, how long have you been consuming cannabis? Or if you want, uh, how long have you been interested in learning more about it? Man, um, my, my complete, like, interest as far as, like, the industry and really learning it uh, came back in, like, 2016. I think that was around the time when Denver was, like, some of the first few like states and stuff that kind of um went legal i was just like super fascinated by the end and um i always just was like man i'm gonna i'm gonna get a dispensary i'm gonna get a dispensary not knowing that getting a dispensary almost cost a million dollars so you know just kind of going from there and just learning the industry and just trying to you know figure out my own avenues okay so who is your favorite actor or actress oh Oh man, you know what? It was always it, it was always Big Will, 
but I'm gonna have to go Denzel Washington or uh, Sammy or Samuel Jackson to be honest. It's out of them three for sure. But okay. Denzel number one. Denzel number one. What's your favorite Denzel movie? Oh man, Man on Fire. Oh, okay, okay. I have that's not seen that one. That that one was a good one. That's a cold one. I ain't gonna lie. I that's probably like the only movie like when I first saw it, I was like, dude, that like that took me that took me somewhere. <laughs> that movie <laughs> took me somewhere, man. That was good. That was a real good one. Okay, okay. For me, um, as far as Samuel L. Jackson movies now, I think my favorite one has to be Django. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> He's so good at playing characters that are just so unlikable. Yeah, right. <laughs> or yeah. um, what was that other movie where he played in? Uh, he was like the cowboy. What is that called? Hmm. Oh, hate or something. Hateful Eight was good as fuck. Yeah, Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Oh my god, that was good. He oh was. That was really good. Man, actually, I'm gonna see if I can find that movie tonight. Like that was hey. a whole. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. It's just like my one complaint is like, okay, Quentin, like, what's up with the use of the N word and like, oh, like so much in his films? Like, it's just like, what's 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 good, man? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like uh, it's at this point, you don't. I don't think we need to people need people to feel like we like uh. You know, it's just like uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I guess I can't say it's like super crazy because compared to mostly what I see in most movies, with especially when it comes to some of the more Caucasian movies, I mean, but and and honestly, to me, if, if when we really kind of look at it, when it comes to like sexual like expulsion, when it comes to movies, I feel like Caucasian movies always have more sexual like references and like you know, showings than, like, black films, even though we do say the N-word a lot, which, I mean, but it's, like, is it give or take to that? You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like in, in black films, you don't really hear it as often. There's a lot more films that are really about, like, the struggles of black people, so they're mm -hmm. not really going around calling each other the, um, you know, um, things like that. It's not really uh, productive to the message trying to be <laughs> addressed in the movie, but I think it's just because, like, it gives you a certain reaction that for some people is really, like, more engaging, kind of just like, whoa, what did he just say? But yeah, yeah. Quentin is, like, very, like, he's on that fine line of, like, okay, engaging to the dialogue does contribute to some extent to yeah. where other times it's, like, maybe. So, maybe. And, that, and, and what you're saying that is, like, now who's really the creative mind behind the script? Because who's making it okay for him to even feel like, oh, let's let's say, let's let's put uh, in 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 the in the movie, you know, like, so I don't know, but I I, I kind of peeped that too, because I mean, it's like he has to he has to be able to create it for it to come for him to act it for it to come true, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's because he like he's argued it to, down tooth and nail before that it's supposed to add more emotion to his films or something, which okay. <laughs> right, you know, at this point, it's like all right, Quinn, walk that fine line, but you know. Yeah, but um, next up, what's a song that you could listen to all day? 
a song I could listen to all day. Oh, if if I get this name, if I get the the name, the person of this song to this name wrong, uh, please don't kill me. Is it Al Green for the love of you? Um, you know what? Let let's let's fact check real quick. Because if it is, I could definitely listen to that all day. Or if not, Smokey Robinson Cruise. Ooh, okay. Let's yeah. see here. Got to get Spotify to load. Okay. <laughs> Scuttlebutt song on there because I was showing my friend because it was just like, why, why does this exist? <laughs> uh, for the love of, okay, so, so it says For the Love of Money by Bone Thugs and Harmony. No, oh. For the Love of You is by the Isley Brothers. Oh, what the hell? That that's uh, Isley. I can't play the song on here because of copyright reasons, but I will have to check. Okay, all right, bet, bet. okay, okay. So finally, from my questions, can you tell listeners at home how to find and follow you online? Um, hey man, uh, shoot, as I always say, you know, what I'm saying, you know, follow, subscribe, like all things, but talk on our Spotify, our YouTube, Instagram. Um, you can follow me personally on my personal page, Mr. Bud Talk. That's Mr. Dot B U D T A W K. Um, and again, man, follow us on all our platforms: Spotify, YouTube, and Instagram at B U D T A W K. All right, and I'll be sure to have all of that linked in the show notes, just for listeners that are interested in going to check that out after listening to today's show. All right, y'all. Y'all have a good one, man. I appreciate you, Miss Cadaver. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you always. Always a great conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for stopping by. I'm glad we were finally able to work it out in our schedules to get you on the show. Pick yeah. your brain a little bit about what you do and your passion. And I just had a great chat with you. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. We definitely had a great conversation, even kind of like leading into the episode. It was a great conversation. Yeah. So you you have a nice day and I'll see you around. All right, Miss Cadaver. You have a good night. Cadaver. Over here at Smoke to Smoke, it fills me with such joy and excitement to bring you product reviews and interviews with amazing guests each week. And now, the show has a sponsor that's equally as excited to bring you more great content in 2023. Stand back and make way for Caligars. Caligars is an up-and-coming heavy hitter in the cannabis industry. We're talking about Blunt and Joint Rollers Central over here as these guys have Blunt and Keith glue in a wide variety of different flavors. Joint Rollers, Canagar Packing Kits, Glass Tips and Wood Tips, Cones and Cannons, Blunt Wraps, and so much more. If you want to up your rolling game, head on over to Caligars.com and don't forget to use the code CADABRA, that's C-A-D-A-B-R-A, to save yourself 10% off your future purchases. Hey you, do you have a question you want to ask or want to submit an idea for a future show? Email me at smoketosmoke420 at gmail.com or send me a voice message on the podcast website. Please be sure to give us a review and share this show at your next smoke sesh. The podcast email will be included in the show notes. 
Also, did you know that after a long time coming, Smoke to Smoke finally has a newsletter? That's right, the new best way to stay connected with the show as things ramp up is through the newsletter. With the increased amount of censorship and privilege removal from Instagram, the chance of getting deleted seems extra high. So, if you hadn't had the chance, head over to smoketosmokepodcast.com, click on the High Maintenance Newsletter tab, and fill out a few quick details to sign up. When you join, you'll get exclusive access to special giveaways sponsored by Caligars and the affiliates of the show, find out when new products release on the affiliates and sponsors website, and even better, if you live in Colorado and you have an interest in mycology, you can sign up for the Myco Enthusiast section to gain access to promotions, discounts, and giveaways hosted by myself and the show's partner, Mycele Unlimited, on genetics and grow kits for educational and research purposes. Don't forget, for the latest updates when the show airs, sneak peeks into my canna adventures, and for educational cannabis and mycology content, you can check out Smoke to Smoke's main and backup pages, Smoke to Smoke underscore podcast, and Smoke to Smoke underscore productions on Instagram. Again, the podcast is still currently pretty hardcore shadow banned on Instagram, so the best way to help this show continue to grow is by word of mouth. Share the show with your friends and Canna family and let them know that they can now enjoy the show too wherever they stream on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow the show wherever you're streaming right now so that you're the first to know when a new episode drops. Thank you for tuning in this week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Smoke to Smoke. I hope y'all enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, if you did, please be sure to review the show wherever you stream. And don't forget, if you like this show, go check out Bud Talk on YouTube and Spotify for the perfect sesh podcast to go along with this one. Everything will be linked in the show notes for you to check out. Also, don't forget that if you got the time and an extra dime, I'd love for you to join me over on the Smoke to Smoke backup page on Instagram, Smoke to Smoke underscore productions this Saturday for one of the final campaigns of the Heart to Heart fundraiser, the Got Five on It campaign. If you missed the post from earlier this week and last week, I have the pleasure of hosting a live fundraiser sponsored by Snapdragon on the 12th from 6 to 8 p.m. Mountain Time in honor of my father-in-law. Every $5 donation contributes towards potentially saving a life and helping fight the number of casualties to heart complications each day. Not only that, but every $5 gets you an entry towards a nice care package from Snapdragon that includes a rolling tray, an eighth of their THCA flower, and more. That's all I've got for this week. To all my listeners near and far, no matter where you are, remember to smoke responsibly, and I'll see you this Saturday.